Hello everybody, my name is Ray. Welcome to the Evangelical Dark Web. Today we're going to be talking about Doug Wilson and his support for Side B Theology. And this is pretty hot because Doug Wilson is probably pretty popular in my audience. I mean, he might be polarizing, but still, uh, there's probably a lot of people in this audience that have a positive uh, image of Doug Wilson. But nonetheless, we're going to call some... Uh, heresy that he believes out today, and I do believe this is heresy. I'm not using that word lightly. Side B theology is heresy. It's one of the biggest uh, threats to the church in today's age, and it turns out Doug Wilson has, is, or has been on the wrong side of this issue for many years, and this is a huge disappointment in my mind. Like, I'm disappointed that, you know, Doug Wilson seems like a culture warrior. He seems like someone who has a lot of issues right, but obviously has some uh, theological quirks. Uh, but, you know, and some animosity towards Baptists has, have been started by his camp, like a few months ago when they tried to say that, you know, uh, transgenderism is caused by uh, crudo baptism, which wasn't uh, Doug Wilson, but it was one of the people in his camp who made that claim and then who defended that claim. So, Nonetheless, uh, we're going to be talking about Doug Wilson and this research that has recently come out. I saw this on John Harris in an interview with uh, Jared Moore. So I just want to put more uh, emphasis on this content because, you know, again, side B theology, uh, big issue. Not a whole lot of people are doing that much research on it. It sounds like Jared Moore has done even more research than I have. Which is interesting. I got to get him on since that might be the case. It definitely appears to be the case. And he's nailed Doug Wilson to it. He's talked a lot about the issues with the Nashville statement, which I have previously supported, but maybe I should really rethink that. And we're going to dive right on in. But first, uh, this is a Patreon-like system at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. Uh, you can support this ministry like that, keep the lights on, and help us advance the mission uh, all, all proceeds and stuff go towards uh, this uh, uh, ministry and stuff. So anyway, other than that, check out the newsletter at evangelicaldarkweb.org slash join. comes out pretty much every day. And uh, let's dive right on into the topic. So let's start out with like uh, a video from about uh, nine years ago. It could be ten years ago at this point. Uh, we don't have a date do we uh, march 4th 2013 so nearly 10 years ago when they're debating gay marriage uh doug wilson and andrew sullivan who i forget who that is maybe i've heard of him maybe it's just a similar name but this in this debate uh doug wilson does compromise the biblical position on this issue and i want to point that out i've made my case for good or ill so I'll just read you. Hold on. So uh, it's, it's been said enough that it has become a cliche, but Chesterton once pointed out that truisms, for all their faults, remain true. And one of the truisms that conservative evangelical Christianity is committed to is that we are to love the sinner and hate the sin. So if someone dear to me was confessed to me that they... Um, were in this condition, had this condition, I would want to hate the sin and love the sinner just like I've sought to always do. 
That part's good. No issues with this part. What if he said, I'm gay and I've never had any sex with any other man? What sin did he commit? Uh, I don't believe that homosexual orientation is a sin. At that point, I think I would like to move to closing. So let's be clear about that. That is side B theology. He might not be doing it by name. He might not be speaking at Revoice. He's speaking at a college debate, it looks like. But that is side B theology. He believes, uh, first of all, in orientation theory, which is Freudian. It's not a biblical category. It's not a biblical category of how we examine sin because this uh, talks about identity. That's what orientation means. It means identity. It's a fixed identity. So that's not a biblical concept at all. And, you know, this is around the same time that Al Mohler was repenting for uh, not believing in orientation. This happened in 2014, I believe, at the ERLC conference. Could be wrong about that. But it is in my upcoming book, which I will plug towards the end because it relates to Jared Moore. Uh, so I'll share some information about that. Uh and Jared Moore pointed this clip out. He, I found it on the uh, uh, Canon Press YouTube channel, and they kept that on there. It's like he doesn't believe that homosexual desires are sin in and of themselves, which is wrong. It's side B theology, which is one of the greatest threats facing the church right now. I might place it at number one. I think it's a bigger threat to the church right now than uh, critical race theory. And I don't think it's particularly close in this moment because critical race theory is yesterday's issue. Not a lot of people uh, are right about yesterday's issue, but nonetheless, it is yesterday's issue and it's this is today's issue. And we need to be, be right about today's issue. So anyway, uh, Doug Wilson was wrong about this yesterday, but he hasn't really repented, in my mind, of this heresy that he's preaching, this idea that he's trying to make homosexuality the sin that to desire it is not sin. And that is a wrong, uh, I want to use the fancy word for it, but the study of sin, the uh, theology of sin, harmatiology, harmatiology, I, I guess is how it's pronounced. Uh, that uh, dictates that um First of all, all sin, all sinful desires are sin. And when Jesus was tempted, Jesus was tempted externally, not internally. So that to me, temptation is external. Sinful desires are internal. And that's the category that I would use. If it's internal, it's uh, desire, and that's sinful. If it's external, it could just be an opportunity. Like the prostitute standing on the street corner is a temptation. You are not uh, in sin for seeing that, recognizing it as a, you know, this is an external temptation that is meant to uh, entice me and then saying no to that. I don't think someone's in sin for that, but they are in sin. You know, if it's, you know, first of all, a sinful desire. Uh, I don't think it's necessarily, a, you know, a male and female attraction is not necessarily a sinful desire, but a male male attraction is a sinful desire. I think that's a pretty easy nuance here so they're not morally equivalent and that's one of the issues with side b theology is they try to level sin and i don't think every sin is equal in their offense to god first of all second of all i don't think uh 
homosexual attraction is morally equivalent to uh, heterosexual attraction and categories that are very iffy. They're not the same. Uh, so that's one of the issues. And it sounds like Doug Wilson has dug himself in this hole because he's accepted the societal premise of orientation. He has accepted that. So that's very problematic. Very problematic. So the next uh, portion we're going to see is we're going to look at the blog in May blog, uh, which is Doug Wilson's website. This is DougWills.com, actually. But uh, there's a letter to the editor. This is from August 2022. Again, I want to give credit to Jared Moore, who I'll do more shouting out towards the end. Uh, homosexual concupiscence which is a very fancy word I've never really heard before. Uh, this is a letter to the editor from Noah. What are your beliefs on the concupiscence and specifically as it pertains to homosexuality? And this is, again, from Noah. Doug responds, Noah, I believe that the stirring of such desires are temptation to be resisted but not confessed, and that indulgence and expression of such desire is to be confessed to God as sin. Under no circumstances should it be made an aspect of your identity. Uh, so is to be resisted. The desire is to be resisted but not confessed. So that means it's not a sin. Uh, the indulgence, however, is to be confessed as a sin. But he says under no circumstances should be, be made an aspect of your identity, yet He's already giving ground to the idea that it's an orientation, which by definition makes it an identity. This is an inconsistency that Doug Wilson has held. And nonetheless, what he says is incompatible with, theoretically, his own confession of faith, uh, any certain, any reformed confession of faith, which is one of the main arguments that Jared Moore points out. I again, point out the fact that Jesus calls out inward desire. The Ten Commandments also point out inward desire because what do you think coveting is? That's an inward sin. That is an internal sinful desire. Jesus on the Sermon of the Mount also calls out internal sinful desires. And yet, with this sin, this particular sin, the internal desire to sin is not the sin itself. That is an odd category because they believe it's part of the identity. And yet he's saying it shouldn't be made part of your identity. Well, Doug Wilson, you're teaching that it is part of someone's identity. You're contradicting yourself because maybe you don't know what the word orientation means. Maybe you've just accepted it from the mainstream media. I don't know. But nonetheless, this is, an this is a glaring inconsistency in Doug Wilson's approach to not only this issue, but to the doctrine of sin in general. So this is a thread and it looks like Jared Moore has been on Doug Wilson's case for quite some time now and much needed at the moment. And he points out this question that I just pointed out uh, that Doug Wilson answered in August, 2022, by the way, it's not like it's from 10 years ago. Like the video that we just watched was uh, fit. Uh, so misrepresentation, I'll quote your own words. If you believe that's, uh, 
so he quotes him back and then he says, Doug, two questions. Is same sex attraction always culpable sin? Must people turn from their same sex attraction to Christ in repentance? And Doug Wilson here is saying same sex attraction is always culpably sinful to be distinguished from a culpably sinful act. And people with that affliction must constantly turn from that attraction to Christ in repentance. Well, that sounds a lot more Christian now, doesn't it? Uh, Doug Wilson, let me speak like the Reformed Confession. Do you believe that same-sex attraction is truly and properly sin? A transgression against the righteous law of God, as the Westminster Confession says. Doug Wilson says yes. Doug, great. Would you be willing to write a blog post and or record a podcast saying that same-sex attraction is morally culpable sin? Would you also edit your reply to Noah to say this? You have a large influence over evangelicalism. We need you to be clear that SSA is sin. This is Jared Moore calling Doug Wilson to a higher standard. And I form, I really appreciate this. Uh, and he points out at the end, in your blog article, you present the modern Roman Catholic view of concupiscence, not in agreement with the Westminster or the Protestant Reformed position. So, Jared Moore is putting Doug Wilson on blast for supporting uh, this heresy known as Side B Theology. Now, now, there are two ways that Christians do get caught up in heresy. One, they're going along with it. Uh, This is more passive, but it happens. Peter is called out for going along with heresy by Paul. And we learn about that uh, in in the New Testament. So, Doug Wilson could be like Peter here. And I want that to be true. Or, Doug Wilson could be actively promoting this false teaching. I want to believe that the former is true. And I want Doug Wilson to make it clear that he he was mistaken going down this road. And he sees the error of his ways. How what he was... Uh, teaching on this issue is not compatible with a Reformed confession of faith. It is not compatible with a biblical understanding of the nature of sin. And it is certainly a moral compromise in this age that someone could have only come to by compromising with the world. That is the only way someone could have come to this position was uh, compromising with the world or being taught by someone who was compromising with the world. You don't come to this position from a natural reading of Scripture unless you fundamentally do not understand sin, even after reading Scripture. So, Doug Wilson, being a pastor, being a very prominent pastor, it is important that he be right on this issue because, again, to me, this is a top threat facing the church in 2023. Uh, Side B theology, I would put it the number one. It is going everywhere in the church uh, you find a denomination that is not uh, fighting this ideology. I, I don't think you can unless they're very small. But anyway, I got to give a shout out to Jared Moore once more for doing the yeoman's work on this research that I am largely piggybacking off of. But uh, that's just how discernment ministry works sometimes. We are the upstream people, a lot of people downstream. 
from us, you know, with larger platforms, not that I have a larger platform than John Harris or to some degree, even Jared Moore, who knows, but, uh, as more people tackle this issue, the larger it gets and the more we can drive Doug Wilson to change or, you know, he mentioned that, uh, he's writing books on this, uh, a book on this. And, you know, I guess he's already pissed off Canon Press. Well, I guess I'll throw my hat in the ring on uh, angering, uh, incurring the wrath of Canon Press because they haven't gotten back to my book request anyway. And it's strange because, and again, let me put Canon Press on blast. Why are you a Christian publisher that only accepts stuff from a literary agent? Which, you know that literary agents and everyone who's, like any Christian author or any conservative author will have a tough time finding a literary agent because literally 99% of them have pronouns in their bio, but I guess Moscow, Idaho has their own. So I think that's nuts. I, and, you know, never erect evangelical popes. Doug Wilson's not infallible and I want him, you know, to correct himself here. That That's the goal of this video is not to tear down Doug Wilson it is to call him out. It is to put him on blast because he has already been put on blast. So I'm just trying to amplify the blasting so as to, you know, edify the church. I want more people uh, to see this, to get exposed to this issue and to understand what sin is and to stop being internally compromised by the culture. That's the goal. That's the goal of this video. That's the goal of, uh, what I'm doing here. Have a blessed day. Let me know what you think about what I think, and I will catch you on the next one. Bet MGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at Bet MGM. Simply download the Bet MGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, Place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager. Only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C.